0: Welcome everyone, welcome to oh, Review it Yourself. Um, I've got brothers Ryan and Kevin from the Almost Presidents podcast. They've joined me um, to discuss possibly one of the most iconic Almost Presidents, who was not beaten in an election, but tragically stolen uh, away by a, a bullet, Robert Francis Kennedy. Uh, we're doing that today through the 2006 film Bobby, directed by Emilio Estevez. Hopefully I haven't made too much of a mess of that. Uh, welcome, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here.
0: Pleasure. Uh, yeah, um, what did you think of the film? Uh, to be honest, just go for it. You don't have to be polite. Just tell me what you think. Because I know it's... Go one or two ways this, I think. Yeah.
2: Well, we had a little bit differing opinions. So I don't know. Do you want to go first? And then I'll kind of chime in with my opinion.
1: Yeah, so I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I, th- I liked how they played into some of the actual footage and the actual speeches of Bobby Kennedy, incorporating that in with the incredibly star-studded cast I will say it took me two watches because the first watch I was just so shocked with each star after star after star that you would see that I was expecting that by the time we finally get to Bobby Kennedy we would have seen Jesus Christ himself <laughs> so the second time around was a good watch for me because I knew when all the or I, I knew who all the stars were that were going to come on screen and then I could actually take in what the film was and what Estevez was doing with it cool. Yeah, what so
2: about- I I kind of wasn't super crazy about it. I I liked it in a lot of ways, but I really felt like there were just too many characters yeah. and I kind of feel like if they had just really slimmed down how many people they actually tried to follow, it would have been I like I would have cared a lot more about the characters, I would have been more invested in them and I kind of felt like there were just so many characters and so many things like parallel plot lines that it was just hard for me to like keep track of it all. I don't know what you thought, but
0: yeah, no, it's. Um, I remember re- <laughs> a bit, a bit in the middle. I remember when I first watched this, I really, really enjoyed it. And then when I watched it this time, I watched it when I came in from work, and I was like, it, I struggled to get into it. Like I really struggled to get into it. Like if I hadn't have been watching it for this, I'd have turned it off and gone Did watch it another day. Um, yeah, but. It's funny. It'll be perfect. This because you both have the opinion that I seem to have seen when you know you go online and you see about the film because it, considering how big the cast is and how star its it is, it doesn't seem to have made much of an impact at all. Like I don't know anyone. I, I think I saw one Spotify review of it. I might not have searched very well, but like, out of podcasts, so it's not right. exactly like, loads of people review it. Um, but I think it's it's that people either argue. Oh, I loved it. It was brilliant. And I really loved what he did. Or other people were like, you know, yourself, uh, Kevin. They're like, oh, I it was okay. A few too many people. I, I sit somewhat in the middle. I think there's a few characters you could have just taken straight out.
2: Um, yeah, about the, the same
0: way. The guys who do drugs, just take them out. of The film doesn't
2: affect. Oh them no, out. I thought they were funny. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, you're gonna
1: you're gonna come up with some disagreements from us about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I thought I thought the little uh, you know, Harold and Kumar work for Bobby Kennedy, uh, arc was was fun although it lost me when they were two of the guys that got shot because it was like, all right, so now I have to take these guys seriously and, and, and watch them potentially bleed out a young Stanley Yelnats, so yeah. <laughs> you know, bleeding out on the ground of the ambassador yeah. hotel kitchen. That's, that's awful. But I thought not only was that our hilarious, but I would be interested in pursuing Estevez or somebody to do a spinoff where we see these two guys um, hopefully, Ashton Kutcher's character will get out of jail eventually because he did get busted right at that one part yeah. by undercover cops. And then we could do a whole spin off movie with the three of them. It can maybe have a Pineapple Express type feel to it.
0: I, th- I thought it was a strange. Like I know strange. that we're trying to go for the 60s, yeah. but compared You're to right. the rest of the film, particularly the end, which gets very chilling, we'll get onto that. It yeah. felt a little bit like. I don't mean this isn't a pun, but it felt a bit out there. It felt a bit like, hang on, where where's this come from? Maybe the sixties were like that. I don't know. Um,
1: I I agree. That's that's why I kind of got a kick out of it because it was out there. And I guess if you were to show that uh, the sixties, you would have to show something relating to drugs. But it it definitely did feel out of place. But with that being said, I did enjoy it
2: for what it was worth. Yeah. One of the things we were talking about too, that's funny about that whole scene. And I just, I don't know if you explain the scenes to your listeners at all, but, but basically what happens is these two guys who work for the campaign decide to screw off for the day and just do LSD. Um, And the funny thing about it is, I don't know how it works uh, where you guys are from, but most people who work on a campaign here in the U S they're volunteers. So like you don't have to do it. It's yeah. not like they're getting paid to do it. I don't know if it was different in the '60s, but I, I, but I think these guys were volunteers who just decided to screw off for the day and do drugs, which is even funnier.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I love that bit at the beginning where he's like, "Like, dude, I can't get on that bus again." Like, I just love that because they yeah. just lie about getting their brother's car,
1: yeah,
0: and then just yeah, go. To, and that scene with Aston Kutcher as well was like really random. Like, why do you want drugs? and they're like we want to have yeah. fun i like, know why but you're not yeah. you're not listening to my question why like why it's because you want to get yeah. closer to god right apologies to the american accent um yeah, it was yeah. just, it was uh, but i did enjoy it especially that bit where they're supposed to be playing like tennis and they just yeah. run straight into the net i was like what yeah, yeah
1: especially means, a little slapstick yeah especially because what's his name um was trying to have a nice game with his wife and then all of a sudden you just see a racket fly yeah. across the screen yeah those two Sheen, yeah. Put- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Who's actually the director's dad. So, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I didn't know until I was reading it.
2: To but, be honest, uh, there was a period of my life where I didn't know that that was two different people. I watched The West Wing and I thought that was the guy from The Breakfast Club. But it's not. Emilio Estevez is the guy from The Breakfast Club, right? Am I wrong? I yeah, yeah like, Emilio
1: Estevez is in The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: I, for a period of my life, I thought that like Martin Sheen was just older guy from The Breakfast Club. But it's not <laughs> the
1: case. I think even when The Breakfast Club came out, though, Martin Sheen would be an awfully old uh, high schooler. I know, yeah, I know they tend to true. cast high schoolers as people who are older than uh, regular high schoolers. But yeah, he would have been awfully old. Um, if we're talking about Emilio Estevez, there's something I wanted to talk with you about. Yeah. I was interested in the fact that he chose to cast himself in the movie. Um, and in addition to that, the, the role he played. Did you have any thoughts about that? He kind of just played this uh, this guy just kind of getting... Stomped on by his wife, you know, who's very talented, trying to curtail her alcoholism, and he—he he, he oh, just is that Emilio like Estevez. He... I didn't realize. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, of the, guy, the guy. The guy was. Yeah. I was trying to figure out, like, okay, I get maybe casting yourself as a, a more background character so that you can do a lot of the directing, but why that character? I was curious to yeah, to, to see what you I'm thought.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't think about it because I didn't realise it was him. But just thinking back to it now, I I don't know. Maybe because it was a slightly smaller piece, or maybe just he wanted. I mean, I'm. I don't mean to be really cold and pragmatic, but maybe they just wanted to keep the budget down, and it was like, look, we don't, we can't afford to cast anyone else. You've got yeah. like Sir Anthony Hopkins, you've got all stars the cast, and Lindsay Lohan. I'm joking, um, and then yeah. and like, <laughs> you know, we, he's like, look, we need to fill in. We haven't quite found the right guy for the, you know, the the downtrodden husband, and it's like, oh, do you, do you want to do it? Do you want to? Oh yeah, all right, then I'll do it. Like, do we have to pay you more? No, you don't have to pay me. Like, maybe. Or maybe he's got a bit of an M. Night Shyamalan thing going on. He likes to do that, but who knows?
1: I mean, the, how, how much real estate could you have for all the trailers? I mean, we, we have all these legacy actors who probably have giant trailers with jacuzzis in them, and they all expect them to be set up on this set. So maybe they just literally ran out of space and budget. And so that was they, they just had to go with him.
0: <laughs> Possibly. I mean, I know I know for a lot of the, the actors, Sir Anthony Hopkins was a big draw, apparently. As soon as they got him. A lot of other people were like, all right, well, I want to
2: do this. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is a legend. And so. did
1: he, I think he was involved in producing the film as well. Is that correct? I think I thought I saw him in the credits somewhere. Yeah, I think
2: I did too. Yeah, I think so.
1: Him. Somewhere, somewhere along the line. But it's some, it sometimes helps. It's like Harvey Keitel
0: and like Reservoir Dogs. It helps to have like a, a big name behind something because it gives you a little bit of forgotten the word, not not credit. It gives you a little bit, you little
2: know. Kind of.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, this happens on podcasts. My, my words just go. Um, <laughs> not, I th- I thought I thought it was good. Um, it begins. So for anyone who doesn't know, because I'll, I'll give a quick kind of plot summary. It follows Bobby Kennedy uh, during his run for the presidential nomination, and it to at the beginning. It shows kind of stock footage of America and, and the fact that he, and like a speech from him where he wants to unite the country, every ethnicity, end an unpopular war, which of course is Vietnam. Uh, he had a bit of background. He was the United States Attorney General. Oh, by the way, guys, I probably should say I, I did a Masters in History, so hence why I kind of gravitated towards your podcast. Um So I probably, oh, this would be, like, cool. be like part film review, part just a bit of history shoved in. And I, I watched that netflix documentary on bobby kennedy to to get a like, yeah it was it was decent it was it was good yeah. um so yeah so after his brother's assassinated he decides really late like you guys so he decides to put really late in the day to run for president in fact he misses i want to say new hampshire but i'm not sure if i'm right he misses like the first um i don't quite know how it works. he misses the, the first primary. state the primary that's it come on i watched 24 i should know that word um, <laughs> it works differently over here it really does yeah um so yeah, so but one of the things i so that this film doesn't so much follow him which i think would disappoint some people but it follows people kind of around him so uh, but it's done in a kind of almost like film like a steven sonderberg film almost like uh, contagion or crash which i didn't like um, what was the other one that it reminded me of? Oh, Vantage Point, a little bit. You know that one where it shows like seven different perspectives yeah. or whatever? Did you ever see Yeah, that but one? it shows
2: all these different perspectives that are not overlapping, right? Or or they overlap minimally, kind of.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not too much like that. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. I was just stabbing around for different things. I, I um, see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> but I, lo- I love the interplay between the characters, particularly the kitchen staff. I could have watched a whole film of just them. I Absolutely, felt like... Yeah. I loved how charged it was and how real it felt. Did, do you guys think similar?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think it really captured a lot of like the racial dynamics that were going on at the time, which was a really big issue, obviously. The way sort of the Latino guys were all feeling very like aggrieved and feeling like certain people were getting acknowledged in the form of the, uh, what's his name, Lawrence Fishburne character, but they weren't sort of getting their day. So I thought that was an interesting dynamic there. Yeah, I also really liked the kitchen staff
1: as well. Yeah, some of those conversations really made you think. I, I, I'm i not sure how I felt about the one conversation that Lawrence Fishburne had when he was handing out the cobbler, and he was talking about race relations and basically how the Latinos had to wait their turn and make it seem like it was the white man's idea if they wanted to advance in any way in America. Um, whether or not that's true about America, I, it, well, it almost seemed like an Uncle Tom type of moment, but was made to seem like it was something more profound than that. Yeah. I, 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 I wasn't sure how I felt about that as far as the spirit of the sixties goes and just what he was saying in general.
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? I think, I think the character, like the other kitchen staff in that scene, a few of them are kind of making an argument to the, to him. It, they don't yeah. say it, but you know, uh, you get, the other Mexican guy, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know if I remember his name. Um, not not the main not the main guy, and he basically like, like, that. yeah, he he mocks him and basically says, "Oh yes, sir, I'll get it for you now." Um, so I think they were definitely kind of leaning that a little bit, but is he also saying, "Look, we we've got a box clever and play the long game here, like it's not going to change overnight." I'd, yeah it but but maybe maybe that's the point. Maybe it was supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit i i like those scenes because they felt very real and very like they weren't trying to kind of soften it for an audience they were just like this is what it probably would have been like or uh-huh. or was like um from what people have said and they just kind of went for it and i really enjoyed that but then then you get the two guys getting stoned so this is what i mean about the tone it's a little bit yeah yeah Tone's a little bit all over the place but yeah it was it gives you a lot to talk about though um for sure I mean, but it's, it's, sorry, go on.
1: No, I was just going to say something well worth also talking about is that there were people in the movie who knew Bobby Kennedy personally and closely. We had Harry Belafonte in the movie, and he, I mean, I'm sure you saw him in Bobby Kennedy for President. Uh, of course, he's a famous showman in and of himself, but his role in the movie I really liked. And we talked about Anthony Hopkins earlier. I really loved his character. His character was just so endearing. This guy yeah. who has retired, but just, is really going into retirement kicking and screaming because he he loves the job he remembers all the people he met he loves sitting there playing chess talking people's ears off but a lot of people don't have the time to do that with him I i really did enjoy his character and the interactions with harry belafonte
0: yeah it was it was a lovely part of the film you know you get that that moment where he gets to to meet bobby kennedy and like do almost what his job was you know that that kind of the guy at the gate says, oh, you know, welcome to the, yeah. the ambassador hotel. So that that was
1: nice. Um, and it, it was nice to on the end too when Bobby Kennedy was assassinated and you think about all the things he said in the beginning, all the famous people he met and what he said and what he remembers. And now he's hearing that this senator who was running for president, who there was so much hope in, has been killed in in his, his, his hotel.
0: Yeah, it was... That's the thing. The film definitely has some moments where it really does kind of tug at the heartstrings quite quite a bit. I mean, particularly the scene where he, because he, his wife's passed away, not that he was particularly massively close to her. That sounds a bit strange, but all I mean by that is the fact that his wife used to complain that he was always at the hotel and it became his life. Um, but he's kind of got nothing to go home for. And he says to one of the staff that's leaving, oh, mm-hmm. do you want to grab like a coffee at, at the bar? And the guy's like, oh no, I need, you know, I'm, I need to go haven't you got home to when he says it really jokingly and really jovially, but it's like that stab of actually, no, he doesn't like, this is his, this is his home more than wherever he lives is. Um, but I thought, I thought that was,
2: I thought, I thought that was great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anthony
2: Hopkins, I feel like kills it in anything he does.
1: He'll he'll always be Hannibal Lecter a little bit for me, but, but yes, (laughs) I agree with that statement. He does (laughs) knock out of the park. A lot of his roles.
0: Yeah. Have you ever seen Meet Joe Black? He was quite good in that. I quite enjoyed
2: that one. No, I don't know. Can't say long. I have.
0: No, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's a bit maligned. Someone defended yep. it on one of my previous episodes, but it's it's quite long. It right. um, I can't really describe it. I'll spawn it. But he plays like an older businessman. That's, he does a good turn in that. But as for actors that I thought the standout actor in this was a toss-up, really, between Christian Slater and William H. Macy for me, personally. Who was um, Chris?
1: So Christian he, Slater played the oh, racist um, yeah, yeah, kitchen yeah. manager. And then I'm sorry, what was the other one that you uh, said? William
0: H. Macy, who played uh, the, the manager of the hotel. The one who fires him. Yeah, I would agree Who's, with that one.
2: Yeah. yeah, I thought he did a really good job in his role, personally. And I think that scene, I mean, we had talked about that scene where his wife is cutting his hair. is like a really like tense and emotional scene. That's a scene that pulls on your heartstrings. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, she uh, she wasn't supposed to cut his hair. When they did the scene, she was supposed to like, like how you pull your punches. She was supposed to kind of pull back, and she didn't. She actually cut his hair. So when he's kind of wincing a little bit, and it falls down in his face, she's like got so into the scene that she just cut his hair. Because obviously, with, wow. with with films and things, you you've got continuity. You can't just snip off hair because it's like, well, we need to film like three hours yeah. ago, like tomorrow. Um, yeah. so I thought that was. About the only bit of interesting trivia that I read,
1: apart from historical stuff, um Wait, yeah, because there's another piece of trivia, right? Didn't they actually film this? Uh, or at least they got certain tracking shots for the film at the actual ambassador hotel right before they demolished the thing?
0: Yeah, well, it was getting demolished around them pretty much. yeah, um I think they they were allowed to film that for three days in the week that it was literally at the end of the week it was it was gone um because it had, the 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 area where it was had kind of become run down. Um, it was kind of in a slight decline at this point, but then with the negativity of this and how the community went around there, it had problems. You know, it had substance abuse problems and then crime came with that. Then house prices and people kind of stopped going there. So it, in the end, it closed. It was kind of a little bit dilapidated. You know, it, when you look at the people who've been there, it was for the people of the UK, kind of like the Ritz, but on its last legs. Um, I hope that mate people in yeah, America, I
1: mean, yeah, yeah and i even looked up some of the other movies that were at least certain parts of it were filmed in the hotel i mean forrest gump murder she wrote beverly hills 90210 swat blow i mean a lot of a lot of major american films in that hotel yeah it was it was good they got to do it because I,
0: I think it what they wanted to do it kind of scuppered the original intention of of um, esther's what he wanted to do was he wanted to film it pretty much all in the all in the hotel and have like very long tracking shots where you followed characters around and then you'd peel off to another character almost a little bit. Yeah, I think you mentioned West, or, well, I don't have imagined it, a little bit like West Wing or 24 shows like that would do where they'd all of a sudden peel off and follow another mm-hmm. character. I think that was the intention, yeah. but once they found out they only had a couple of days in, I think they kept the kitchen because they had um, some of the original like fridges and things, I think sirhan sirhan stepped down off some kind of counter behind a freezer or something like that um so that that was what they used it for and after that it was they didn't have like it was gone so they had to build all these different locations in studios so he said that kind of broke up the feel of it a little bit um but yeah so that that was what i read anyway so Hmm.
2: Hmm. yeah i didn't know that that it was that that they were actually knocking it down around them. that's insane
0: yeah I, th- I think
1: um i think, I think Dom, bobby was the last project to, that they filmed at this hotel right yeah which yeah, i guess are. is yeah. kind of a nice bow i mean in a, maybe perhaps in a bit of a sad even a bit macabre way but a nice little bow to put on the the establishment yeah yeah so, I mean, I even, th- even if you wikipedia the hotel i mean that's one of the big things that you see bobby kennedy assassination
0: yeah which is i mean. It- a shame, really. Well, a shame for obvious reasons, but also for the for mm. the establishment itself because it it, it was like a centerpiece of, of of that of that you know that city. So it's a shame, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think another thing I really liked about the film, there's really interesting perspectives. So you get like the Czechoslovakian as it was then, uh, the reporter. I thought she was great. I liked her little side story that she's kind of badgering. Um, the campaign manager. I want my five minutes, and there's the whole argument about well, you're from a communist country, and she's like, well it's not it's a socialist country?" And um, I think, oh, if my history serves me correctly, they'd had the Prague Spring. I think a couple of years before, where they had a big uprising against the Soviets, which got pretty much brutally put down.
2: I want to um, say it was actually that year.
0: I might be wrong. Yeah, no, you're probably right. To
2: be fair, I want to say it was actually that year. I thought it was 67. In any case, so. it was really close to, yeah. So it would have been really recent.
0: Um, oh, one all. No, it was 1968. Nineteen sixty-eight.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow. I at the post.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I know because I've, I've been to Prague, which is the capital of the Czech Republic now. Uh, and you can see on this beautiful Wenceslas Square, um, uh, you can see there's like all these beautiful old buildings. And then every now and again, there's this really they look ugly compared to everything else. These really utilitarian buildings um, that are just kind of boxes, very Soviet style. And that's where the tanks kind of destroyed certain buildings to put down kind of the uprising. So when you know a little bit about the history, it's interesting because she's kind of arguing, well, hang on a minute. You can't just write me off. Like I just, I just want my five minutes. Everybody else gets it. And she it's hasn't like our, eaten.
2: Like Czechoslovakia is like history and perspective is not so simple that you can just write us off as communists. Yeah.
0: No, not at all. Well, no, not at all. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, it,
0: yeah, we could go to the Soviet block, but Christ, that I'd be... I did Cold War in college. I'd be going on about for years. Um,
1: but I mean, yeah. as far as her character goes, like I thought she was, as far as weaving these small vignettes, hers was very seamless, because she would pop in, pop out, pop in, pop out. So I thought that went really well. She, I'm a teacher, so she reminded me of that annoying try hard student that you'll just send off on a project, but then they'll actually do it and then come back and you will be like, all right, and give them something else to do and then keep them busy for a while. But then they come back again and you're just kind of trying to get them to like leave you alone. So I, I had a little chuckle at that, but I, I agree. And, and and I don't know much of that history. I mean, you guys just educated me a little bit about Czechoslovakia at the time. So she did make me curious to look into what it was she was actually referring to.
0: Yeah, it, it was it's a beautiful place to visit. To be fair, as well, I've never been to Slovakia, but I've been to the Czech Republic. It's a beautiful place to visit uh, if you ever get a chance. I, uh, if you've yeah. even got passports, uh, someone told me how many Americans don't have passports, and it was like,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, probably the clip on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know.
0: Um, but uh, it was. It's a. It's a nice film. It kind of well, for most for the most part. Um, it kind of all feels so joyous, and it kind of culminates in. This ball and they have won the California primary, which I think was a little bit of a surprise because it was very neck and neck. And but then the sound of silence begins, and it's like, oh, okay, right, like because you know,
2: yeah, I think nine percent of the people watching, watch it. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So, but that doesn't kind of lessen the impact because you've followed all these characters, you know, they've, they've all you know they've pinned the hopes on on this guy to. He's like the hope for America, really, and I will yeah. say, as no doubt, um, you know, Kevin, like with with history, when you look back at characters, they tend to be kind of, oh, I can't mythicized a little bit, they built up a little bit more. For sure. I think Teddy Kennedy said that at his funeral, didn't he? he? Said something along the lines of, "Look, don't remember my brother as being." Something more than he was, he was, you know, a good father, a good brother, He was a so, good man, he, yeah.
1: he, he tried to right wrong when he saw it, you know, fix yeah. injustice when it, yeah, yeah, exactly,
2: absolutely, absolutely spot on. Yeah, and but when I think you're right, like the sorry, the, the, the film does a good job of capturing the real, like, positive, joyous energy of the campaign and the way that everyone felt like it was this big important movement that was going to usher in such amazing change into America and end this horrible war that we were in that was getting so many people killed and then the subsequent tragedy of when he dies and how it sort of like ruins people and I thought one person who particularly captured that well and I feel like I don't know anyone's actual name for the movie I just know the actors but Nick cannon's Nick Cannon's character because he was such a sort of passionate political activist. Yeah. and he kind of you kind of see him like lose it at the end like throw the chair at the wall kind of freak out yeah. um and i thought that was kind of a powerful representation of what that the impact of that like assassination was kind of on people
1: because i think he even said at one point in the film too we, we lost we lost martin but now we still have bobby and yeah. when you hear him say that knowing history you just know oh man yeah he's he's it's it's going to be a really tough next few years for him. Rough day for him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was, it was an awful, I mean, you know, John F. Kennedy gets shot in 63. You get Malcolm X. uh, Yeah. um, And then you get, of course, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Is it months? It's not long, but I think two, three months. It's not long before Bobby Kennedy gets shot. So it's, it's an awful, it's an awful moment. It felt like what, like what was going on. Um, and even oh, beforehand, see. a lot of people
1: just took yeah. it as a foregone conclusion. Yeah, he's going to get killed. And, well, and he, unfortunately, they were right. He he and was it, what he was. Sorry,
0: sorry. I thought you finished. Sorry. Go
1: no, I apologize. I mean, I was just going to say you really did a nice job of putting into perspective just how quickly in secession those events took place. I mean, the death of all these civil rights champions, it really did not take place like it, that spaced out from each other.
0: No, it was just a, like four five years. It, it's... It's not a short amount of it's it's a it's not a long amount of time, especially for a country. I mean, that's for yeah. America. It's what one, one and a bit presidency. It, it's not our term, sorry. It's not it's not a long time, and it was it was a shock for the uh, a massive blow for the country. When you look back at the history, it was uh, because he he ran to show that like, when you watch a lot of his speeches, like I've watched a lot of speeches, and a lot of them are kind of a bit. Of, but when you listen to his, he sounds, even though he isn't, he comes from a very rich family. He, he sounds like an everyman, you know, or an every person. You'd probably say now, like he, yeah. he taught, he talks about. It doesn't matter, especially at that time. His, you could put, you could play his speeches now, a lot of places, particularly America. And I mean no offense in that, you could play them now, and you'd go, yeah, that, all of that, like all of that makes sense. But uh, that's what it was. That's what I wanted to say. So what mm. you were saying, Kevin, about about oh, sorry, I don't know, I can't remember now. Sorry, uh, was talking about when he throws the chair. That was somebody, uh, a black gentleman, did that. Uh, it was reported in the news. I can't remember where. And then when oh. they were doing the film, they were like, "Right, you're going to do that." So that was that was real. Mm. So we don't know who the character was. We don't know who the gentleman was, but he did that. So you know, maybe it shows, but it, it's, yeah. It, it gets very chilling towards the end. Um, for sure. And
1: especially- yeah, I think that's where things came to... Oh, I apologize. You no, it's it.
0: me. I'm trying to let you to- go on. You're all right.
1: <laughs> and it, it was, I think I think we talk about how many vignettes there were and how we, it, it's hard to remember the characters' names versus the actors' names and all that stuff. But I think Kevin and I, we, we watched it last night for a second time just to prepare for this. And I believe we both agreed that that closing sequence, hearing his speech overlaying all these disparate problems that these people are having in their personal lives that may or may not be resolving themselves was a really, really nice sequence. It it was almost hard not to get emotional listening to the things that he was saying. And uh, then of course the visuals and the music that were provided. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing you have to say about the guy is he was a
2: hell of a speaker. I really think he was a better speaker than JFK. His speeches are just like so good, at least to me. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd say probably, I mean, when you look at the the JFK and JFK's presidency, a lot of the things that he gets credit, not a lot of things. I don't want to be too controversial, but particularly the Cuban missile crisis, yeah. that was like, oh, Kennedy has faced up, JFK has has faced up to the the you know the Soviets and whatnot with putting missiles on Cuba, and really it was it was Bobby Kennedy behind the scenes. He he was talking to I can't remember the gentleman. He was talking to somebody really high up in. In the yeah, Russian Union, yeah, yeah, and he basically had this this backdoor channel, which then becomes this red phone, as it's kind of colloquially known later, uh, yeah. between mm-hmm. the two countries. And and he he does some genius, like some genius things. I mean, and especially then when you look at what he does as Attorney General, he he's not. This isn't. I don't get into politics, but he's not. He, he doesn't just talk the talk; he walks the walk as well. Like he's like a dog with a bone, RFK. Like, if he wants to sort something out, he'll sort something out. Um, yeah, I'm mean, go watch the documentary on Netflix, because uh, that's that's a good place to start if, if anybody wants to go and find out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, as you said, um, the assassination uh, assassination scene is uh, is awful, and then the fact they use real audio over the top of it. I think it was a CBS reporter, yeah. I've just been reading about it, and he, he when he's and you're hearing his voice and he's like, Get the gun, get the gun, break his fingers if you have to. Like it Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, hard. It. So I, I've no doubt an actor could have done a good job of that. But then when they put the real audio over the top of it, it's like, Well oh, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty chilling. It's like that desperation yeah. of you can hear like the life or death in his voice, so it's yeah, pretty rough.
1: And it's crazy how long it took for them to disarm him. I believe he was able to get all the shots out. They took the gun away. He somehow got it back. Yeah. Just wild. All those people were not able to take him out. And I, I also, something else I thought the film did well is just reminding us of how young Sirhan Sirhan was when he did that. He was 24 years old. I, the actor that they played, I got to say, looked definitely looked like a young 24, but it really did hammer home that this, this was a young guy who did this. And
0: Yeah, it was uh yeah, and it doesn't. I, I like the fact that it, the way that it does. You know, it doesn't show Robert Kennedy apart from, in archive footage, and then when they do show it, him going past characters, it, it whoever the guy got, he looked very similar because you never quite see a proper shot of him. It's off from behind, and but as you were saying about the fact he manages to get his gun back, and I think the fact was there like eighty-one people in the kitchen or something. Um, he wasn't yeah. supposed to go that way. He yes. was meant to. You know, and it does oh, is a shortcut. We'll go through here to get to the this press conference where, in the in the film, the check uh, lady is going to get her five minutes. You got your five minutes um, amongst all the others, and then he, you know, he, he steps down and shoots him. Now, there's only one bit. Now, I don't know if you guys know. I, ho- I hope you do. I, I tried to have a look quickly. I don't in no in no documentary or anything I've read so far, and I haven't done a lot of it, but I've done, uh, you know a fair bit i've never heard of him actually saying anything to kennedy so the fact when he steps out and says kennedy you son of a whatever i was like oh did he say that i don't know whether he did or whether they just put it in to be i mean, I don't know why he'd need to be more dramatic but i don't know do you guys know i'm
2: i don't know myself i actually don't know if he said anything
1: yeah i'm not sure about that i've never heard anything either. either yeah Yeah, my, my, I guess my assumption
2: was that that was added, but I, cause I haven't, I also haven't heard anything about him actually saying something. I know he had a whole like journal dedicated to just like these insane ramblings about how much he hated RFK and like how much he wanted to kill RFK. Um, So he's like, he was a pretty insane deranged guy, but yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about what he said.
0: Yeah, no, I, I just, I just wondered, but yeah, I think I saw that in the documentary. Like RFK must die, repeated over yeah. and over again in, in this book. But yeah, it was, um, the speech that you hear, um, over that sequence. Well, a little bit later on, um, is a speech that RFK gave himself upon the death of Martin Luther King, when he heard about that, and that that was not a scripted speech. He, I think you can see the footage of it. And he, he he just did it, and you think, and when you listen to it, you think, how have how have you just come up with that? Like, if a if a politician today came out with a speech like that, you, well, you won't believe it for a start. But you'd be like, where's that come from? And the the fact <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but it truly is mystifying that he did come up with that off the cuff, especially because news didn't travel as quickly as it does now. So he broke the story to those people in Indiana. So you can what we, what we also found fascinating about that footage is not just the speech, but you getting an unfiltered reaction to these people who just learned that their civil rights champion was murdered.
0: Yeah. though. Well, I was just thinking of that like you hear the gasp, you hear and yeah. the, the screams and the, And that was something they used in this film. Like when it goes back to the ballroom, they use real footage interspersed mm-hmm. and you can see like people just stood around thinking, I, I don't know what to do. I don't, they just yeah. literally just stood there frozen, you know. It's like if somebody collapses in the street, or you know, uh, I've seen it happen when I've done like lifeguarding jobs where people have passed out or people start to drown. People don't do anything; they don't know what to do. Very few people go, and obviously unless you're a lifeguard, but very few people. Like everyone's like, oh, I don't. Uh, what, what? It's that like hel- I know that's a bit of a strange analogy, but it's that helplessness of like that. That your brain just kind of got. I don't know what to do. I, I'm, yeah, I'm there's, frozen. And there's so much
1: more for them to process, too, because of all the hopes that were hanging on this, this senator. They yeah, process that additionally. And then, of course, we have the the gentleman, the, the owner of the hotel who uh, might have might be losing his wife. And then they like we start to get a sense that they're reconciling, So we all, all the individual problems, too, um, that they were going through throughout their day, in addition to um Bobby Kennedy's assassination I mean poor uh, Harold and Kumar are, are bleeding out on the kitchen floor <laughs> you know <laughs> like... yeah. yeah that was just pretty and of course
0: you have um there's that many people in this you've got Elijah Wood um
1: and Lindsay Lohan in a... I, I mean it's Elijah Wood Yeah yeah I, uh... I didn't I'm glad you brought him up yeah cuz that was <laughs> the that was the one that messed me up the most because he just got brained after uh, after trying to you know like peacefully and legally withdraw himself from having to go over and die in Vietnam and death still finds him anyway that that, that one was rough to look at and well, of course cuz you have frodo lying on the ground with blood coming out of his I mean, hmm. that's also hard yeah. to stomach and the rain well, makes it, so. it harder yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: um that again he, all the people who were shot in that were were based on real people who were shot so the gentleman who was shot in the head and survived. Uh, he, I think he was part of the campaign. He, he was in that documentary I, believe, I watched. I believe he was, yeah. Yeah. So he is still alive, but they, I mean, I know they tell you at the end, but he looks pretty dead. Like they could have shown him breathing or something. like. She, but I, I suppose, you know, because in the film, it just looked like he's dead. But that oh, was yeah. also a really nice storyline to show that, because I don't think it withdraws him from going to Vietnam. I think what it does is, if he's a married man, it gave him more of a chance. Like the army would, maybe send you to a base in Germany
1: oh, instead, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. so they'd right. post you on, yeah.
0: like, well, I know Britain had bases there. I think we still have one, um, and you'd go get based there instead of being sent to Vietnam. I mean, mind you, who knows if that would have saved? I mean, it, it does it does it continue to ramp up? Mm, I'm not sure, but I know by this point in the war, 30,000 Americans had already been killed. And then you add on top of that, how many, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Vietnamese soldiers were be killed and civilians and it, it rolls on and on. Um, so it, it's quite a crucial point. And the fact that you have like people who are draft dodging, he's not draft dodging, he's, he's boxing clever. And he's, he's trying to be smart about it. Um, but then you even get, it's a good film. This more, you think about it. Uh, you have that, Like, like, kind of heartbreaking scene, and a strange choice of one, where the two like stoners are in the diner, and they're a little, still a little bit high, coming down from the LSD, and they're having Mm -hmm. that chat. Like, well, he needs to win, because I don't want to go to war. I'm like, I'm 19, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to die. I don't want to go over there. So, I mean, and even at this point, the Vietnam War is, is is getting pretty ugly. I don't think it's until another year. Until you know the stories of massacres and things start to start to be uncovered, but it is very, very ugly at this point, and it's just exacerbating everything that's happening back home. But there's some films, other films that have kind of explored that a little bit. Some strange choices here, but bear with me. So, you got like Forrest Gump that that does a little bit about about Vietnam and kind of uh, no, sorry, no, not Forrest Gump. What am I talking about? It does have Vietnam, but uh, We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has it where they come home after the battle and people like either spit at them or cross the street or get, move away from them. Um, and also, oh, what's the other film? Well, it's a strange one, but I think it's, is it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake? Because one of them's a, a drafty dodger. A little bit of a strange choice. I'm sure there's that. more out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got Arlie yeah. Emery as the sheriff. It's good. It's That 2003 Texas Chainsaw right Massacre. Mm, I wasn't a big fan. I thought it was a bit... No. But you're saying it's very
2: low-fi, but yeah,
0: because I,
1: I got really into that whole like all those characters and stuff like that. So you're saying the sheriff was a draft dodger, that character? Oh no, sorry, not in this film. Another film. um Uh,
2: in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you saying?
0: Yeah, no, I'm, oh, I'm, you I'm saw, talking oh, about. You, I'm you talking about Texas. Oh no, Chainsaw sorry, yeah, no, no, yeah, uh, no. He, he, uh, one of like the kid, well, the kids, one of the like young adults in it is like trying to get a Mexico to to flee. Um
1: oh, like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. okay yep, yep yeah because he yep. finds he his like happened, draft yeah. thing that
0: he's half burned and he's like what's this and then yeah. to be fair for anybody else if you want to go and look at that one of the most famous people who drafted the uh dodged the draft um the because of religion and other reasons um and got a lot of boxing chat uh, the world boxing championship stripped off him from a right, it was yeah. muhammad ali so that's if you want to go read about that uh he's one of like my dad's heroes so and you know it's it's bled in um so yeah sorry guys uh, so yeah um any other characters i'm sure oh well yeah you get his wife the hairdresser you get all oh, the beauty stylist and then you get um heather graham's character and the other lady whose name I, I i don't know if i've seen her in anything um who plays you know the the lady who who ends up with the campaign manager she she the black lady who she does yeah. the uh what do they call it? the switchboard yeah. the operator yeah as well because i thought her story was was like trying to warn her friend like look like no good's going to come out of like screwing the boss um and then yeah. you see her kind of comforting hit him at the end as well when he he finds out like your like your hopes and because you see like the campaign manager you know the one who goes on stage that that happened that's real as well where he goes on stage and he's like we need a doctor we we please we need a doctor like come to the podium like we um that character and a couple of the others that you kind of see in the background, they're kind of walking out when Bobby Kennedy goes on the ambulance, and his wife goes, you see them just walking around like almost as if they've lost their, their purpose in life. Like, cause I don't really understand, but you know, from watching and reading about it, like a campaign to be president or even to get to be a nominee. is like insane. Like the amount of money, time, effort, all these volunteers ringing and, you know, especially back then, where it wasn't as connected as today, you couldn't just bang a post on social
1: media, could you? Yeah, and a, and a Kennedy campaign too is pumping money in like nothing, like nobody's yeah. business too. So, yeah. Um, if we're talking characters, can we touch on Lindsay Lohan's character? Yeah. Because sorry, yeah, yeah. I I um, I had a thought about that that I I'd, I'd be interested to see what you thought. I the first time around watching it, I liked that she. Her form of activism and and helping all these guys out uh, to not get killed with Vietnam was to just marry um, guys and then annul the marriages down the road. I believe was her. Um, I don't want to call it a shtick because I, I think it was kind of heroic, but scheme plan. Then, yeah, I guess we could call it that. And then she falls in love with Elijah Wood. So like this this time around, it it is that wedding that she in a way dreamed of. I almost thought that that took away in a sense, from her arc as this anti-war activist who was willing to go to these lengths, even sacrificing her dream wedding to help guys out from not like dying. I, I almost would have liked it better if they didn't wind up falling in love and this was just purely transactional and then he winds up getting killed. I, I thought that would have lent more power to what she was doing. Yeah, it's kind of more
2: of a sacrifice if she's not actually in love with him.
0: Yeah, but this is where it comes in into what you were saying up at the beginning about how it didn't quite hit for you like it did your brother, like the film overall. Like, I know I've read a few reviews where people have said it's, like, a bit schmaltzy, a bit too much. Like Maybe that's a choice they made, like a filmmaker's choice instead of, like, well, actually, look, you know what? It, this wouldn't make a lot of sense. Like, wouldn't it be better yeah. if she's... She, there's no, like, romantic interest in, in it at all for her and she's just, you know somebody from a graduation class or something like that has already been killed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, look at, I think she says, doesn't she? Like if I could marry all, th- however many, yeah. all if I can marry every
2: guy in my graduating class who gets shipped yeah. out to Vietnam, I would do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, maybe, yeah, it's, it's a good argument. I got, I hadn't thought about it as, as such. I thought it was a little bit quick that all of a sudden she's like, Oh, actually I'm quite into you. Cause before that it's very kind of yeah. like, transactional is like you said, it's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's very much like, yeah, we'll, we'll get it done, and then we'll get an old, because he's like, because he has that kind of, you know, that crisis of conscience, doesn't he, where he's saying, oh, I'm not quite sure if, like, we're doing the right thing. I don't want to steal, like, your big day away from you.
1: Right, and he's like, I'm actually damaging your life, your relationship with your father. And then, and then of course, she's like, well, he hates you, not me. And then he's like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're all good then.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely, and, and it's, yeah, I, there was. I think it does a good job. I think. It, I think it could have been a lot worse in terms of all these different characters. Like something, you know, it could have very easily fallen apart if it had followed too many. Do I think they could have cut? They could have cut a few. Oh, absolutely. Um, but but there are still like moments in there. I think my overall verdict. Not not that I'm trying to wrap up. I'm just at the end of my notes. Um. Not that that stops me. Um, but the my <laughs> verdict was like, a film which may prove divisive, and the brothers have proved it for me, so thanks for that. Um, some will enjoy it and the way everything unfolds, but I reckon others will find it long with a few pointless parts, possibly a little bit boring. Um, and little emphasis on Bobby himself. Like, if someone has gone, oh, I want to watch this too, like, see what Bobby Kennedy was like, it's not that film. It's not that film at all really i mean it kind of is but he's not like front and center at all he's very much
2: yeah i feel like you get a sense of the like 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 i kind of said at the beginning you get a sense of the energy of the campaign a little bit but you don't really like learn a ton about bobby kennedy as a person or as a candidate or like what he stood for
1: and i guess in a sense that wasn't what the it almost in a way wasn't what the film was trying to do I i think it was looking to find a nice anchor point through which to tell all of these stories around. So they were able to pick the ambassador hotel campaign of 1968, Bobby Kennedy as what everything was orbiting around and then the crisis. So they could have easily have picked something else historically. I mean, America, I'm sure in the UK, we've had our share of, I mean, they, I mean there probably exists out there a movie about nine 11 that might do something similar. And it's, it's, it's not a bad idea, but, i would agree i mean especially since i mean we've covered bobby kennedy from birth to death um in our in our series um it does only show that like you were saying earlier mythologized version of bobby kennedy that isn't the full picture not even close
0: yeah no you're right i mean we we've had the only prime minister who was assassinated um was like in 1812 uh, Spencer Percival, I've always thought there's a story in that. Why no one's ever done it?
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: maybe because it's probably quite a contentious time with the abolition of slavery, and I mean, maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah. But that less was video also. Sorry, say that again.
2: Like less video also. You know JFK, the whole thing's on film. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we just have a count. There's no photos or anything. So yeah. possibly, possibly, you'd probably have to make an awful lot of it up. But it's funny you mentioned about how it the film itself and how it's made up like it took him like seven years to make it something like that a long time oh, wow. and apparently he was he reached a point where he like he had writers block and was like i don't know what to do i'm gonna clue what to do i can't quite crack like the spine of it i don't know who to like hang the story around and then he spoke he he was i can't remember where he was but he was like a waitress saying oh what do you do i'm i'm doing a script or what about and Oh, Robert Kennedy's assassination, and she started like crying or tearing up and said, "Oh, I was there. I was a volunteer for his like campaign, and then that's where it, he he then interviewed her, and then he he basically said that gave him like the the emotional like through line for the film. So how things work out sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's sure. interesting. Something we were curious about too about how it would have had an impact on the film, perhaps made it different was the fact that we really, aside from, what is it, uh, Christian Slater, aside from his character, who we thought might have turned out for Nixon or somebody like that, it did seem like everybody was fully on board, not only the characters, uh, but the actors who played them with this whole RFK, dream, liberal narrative. I would have been curious to see what the film would have been like if there were a vignette or two replacing some of them that had characters that weren't quite on that same end of the political spectrum. And we, understanding that of course people were amassing around the uh, hotel because of celebrating the primary and all that stuff. So of course you were going to have more people in support of Bobby Kennedy, but the ambassador hotel was also a place where you could just check in and get a room. So I, I, I would have I been interested to see if that, like, I don't know if it would have been a little curmudgeonly arc of just somebody grumbling about, the riots and, and RFK and all that stuff. But I, I would have been curious to see how that would have made the film different. Do you know? Sorry. I'm just thinking
0: that the reason I think why he's such a good figure to, to put this around is because he, although people who probably know more about Bobby Kennedy, I'm sure he made some controversial decisions in when he was attorney general or supporting his brother, etc. But oh, if for, you are, him, okay. But, there you go. Uh, Yeah, I should remember (laughs) that. Exactly. Nicely done. Um, I knew I got you guys on for a reason. Back me up. Um, But I think it's also because as a politician or or as a president, he never had the chance to let you down as president, if that makes sense. So it's like, well, we never got, it never got to that point where it was like, oh, you you let us down. Because would he have been, you you know, this ultimate dream and would he have turned the country around? Who knows? possibly possibly not but the yeah. fact that yeah. there was you hope that, yeah there was hope there and there's that like run to the whole film it's a hope that and he says it in his speeches it's a hope that you know we've lost our way but we can turn this around with compassionate wit. which which is is the the hope of every country like for anybody who wants to thinking about watching this who's not from america although it probably speaks more to the americans because it just it will Particularly now with the politics and everything, um, it still speaks to you as as somebody who's not from America, because it it's that hope. Like we all hope for politicians or leaders that are for everyone, whether you know they're from whatever background or whatever country or or, or the rich or the poor or whatever. Like you you want that. This is why I don't do politics. You want that leader to like be there and do the best for everyone, not just the rich, not just. You know the companies that, that that fund them or whatever. So it's that I don't know. It's it's the, what ifs are the greatest with history because it's like, oh, what would have happened? Oh, what would have happened if his brother hadn't been shot and killed? Would they have? Would they have? You know, would they have come out of Vietnam? They're driving crazy though, huh? They
1: can keep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Time. Well,
0: there's a whole that you know the alternate alternate uh, right
1: alternate like
0: what if he never crossed the Rubicon. Oh oh yeah you. you Go back and back and back.
1: It's Great. yeah, That's especially crazy. like especially like World War Two alternate endings. If the Axis powers had won, I mean, they have the was it the Man in the High Castle and a whole bunch of other well, things like that. That's a whole or, genre in itself. Yeah, or
0: if Bobby Kennedy and uh, Jack Kennedy's father had, uh, if more people had listened to him and not come to support the rest of the world because he yeah, didn't, he, yeah, did, right. he didn't want to come into it. He didn't want, and most of them, most Americans didn't want to come into the Second World War, and you can't blame them for not wanting to go into a war because although they turn yeah. up towards the end of the First World War, they suffer horrendously because they send that many men over. They do lose a, a lot in comparison to how many they, and how long they were there. So there's still that.
1: Um, yeah, it's definitely easy with historical hindsight to think, okay, going into the war was the right choice. But it, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Although I will add that Dr. Seuss always had your back and you're welcome. <laughs> we don't... See, Dr. Zeus doesn't really...
0: It's not something like I've never read them. It's not something
1: that oh, like permeates
0: over here. I don't, I don't, yeah, or not for me at least. Like the most Doctor Zeus I know is like the Grinch, and what's that one about Green Eggs and Ham? Hat. That's about oh, all I know. Or oh, don't talk me. Hand, yeah. Don't talk about the Cat in the Hat. That just reminds me of that horrendous film with Mike <laughs> Myers just uh, tune up the scenery. Um, I mean, I think
1: Green Egg and Ham might have had a good place in the Wolf of Wall Street because Sam I Am is probably one of the most aggressive salesmen that I've ever read in literature. I mean, he's peddling peddling green eggs and ham. That's (laughs) disgusting. Yeah, (laughs) true. The fact that he pulled it off. And and he's relentless. (laughs) Not to take things too off the rails, but... (laughs) No, no,
2: no. Taking it back to what you were saying, I think it's true. There's something, and I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but there's something about Americans where they get very invested in the people they support for particularly the presidency, but in in other races too. But you talk about, you talk about like Bill Clinton, George Bush, and definitely like Barack Obama. Americans really do become, at least for a time, once they become president, they flip completely. But at least while they're actually supporting the campaign, they become very much true believers in, you know, whoever they're supporting. And Bobby Kennedy was a huge version of that where people were really really deeply invested in the campaign and really thought that it was going to be this huge important thing and it did get snuffed out and yeah of course we don't know what would have actually happened all of the presidents that i just listed many people from all sides of the political spectrum feel like they were massive letdowns and you know probably we would feel the same way about bobby kennedy if he actually had to like Put policies into place and put his money where his mouth was, but
1: and not to get negative, but how far can he even play out the hypothetical? Would he even have emerged as the Democratic flag bearer? Could sure. he even have beat Nixon? Could sure. would, he, would he even be in a position to be president? There's so many things Enough. to to think about. We're talking about hypotheticals and yeah. what ifs in history. Well, especially a lot of when... before we even get him into the the Oval Office.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then even when you get into the office, um right. You need to have the cards need, you know, the, the the stack needs to be in your favor, you know. So if you get in as a president, but you don't have, oh God, I'll, I I don't want to embarrass myself, but if you don't have the Senate, then you can't get things passed. So like,
2: like and and House of and Representatives. The House, yeah. And yeah. I always get,
0: um, so like, it's like Obama, he didn't, he struggled to get things through, at least in, in what he intended, like as far as I understand. Yeah, trying right. to i'm i'm we're, we're flirting with politics we're winking it over the bar at it but we're not like digging into it <laughs> I, yeah, I was insane. gonna say i don't
2: know how we're gonna hold to that rule of yours about no politics uh, well in this episode, just you know. as
0: long as we don't as long as neither of well i mean you guys can but as long as i don't place myself on one side or the other as long yeah. as i remain quite generic because you can't you can't discuss like i did a a review of a film uh called how to behave in britain which was for American GIs who came over here. But then there's it like, it's really nostalgic. You know, this is a pint, this is a pint of bitter. This is what the English drink. And then all of a sudden it becomes about race relations and it becomes really like dark, like really like, oh, like from a modern perspective. So, and there's no way you can discuss that without just being like, look, we have to just discuss this. Um, I just don't, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, you're never going to please everyone in politics. So why bother? But it's funny you mentioned because I, I, I watched another and who can be bothered like i want a few more views but not for not for like some kind of controversy um not i'm not that desperate yet <laughs> but uh, i i watched um a bill clinton a president that really doesn't get there's not films about him but there's a film that i watched recently it came out of 2010 now i don't know if you guys know who michael sheen is um he he is in good omens opposite david tennant he I, I don't know if he's done many things. Oh, he was in, he's been in a few things. You probably know his face. And he's famous. Like, he's done three films where he played Tony Blair. One was The Queen, one was called The Deal, and the other one was called The Special Relationship. Now, that showed it what the relationship between Tony Blair and I've just said his name.
1: Was that uh, Bill Clinton?
0: Uh, Bill Clinton, yeah. And it's all about, it's over the Monica Lewinsky. that's a hell of a film. I watched that the other day. So that that's Maybe. worth a watch. You sent
2: that us over Twitter. Yeah, I remember seeing that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's the film I watched. Yeah. out so that was that's pretty. That's pretty. And cool. another one
2: that's good if you haven't seen it is HBO has a series. I think it's HBO has a series like a documentary. Well, no, it's not a documentary. It's like bio biopic, I guess. Oh yeah. About that whole uh, Clinton impeachment scandal and Monica Lewinsky and all that stuff. It's really cool. really
0: good. That sounds pretty good. But uh, yeah, I mean that was the end of my notes. Um, but uh, yeah, overall what well worth a watch is there any anything because I'm, I'm not like i'm not trying to rush you off is there any
2: any more points that you guys had because i know i talk a lot so if you've got yeah, one, else you one to... thing one thing i kind of wanted to say just because i was kind of negative on on the film i do think it was a really cool and ambitious project and i do think that it did a lot of things well and i think particularly the last sequence where he actually dies and you see all the characters reactions to it i thought that was very powerful and I think it kind of makes the whole rest of the film worth it. I had some, yeah, I, I obviously had some complaints, but I, I do think it's worth the watch. I would agree.
1: Yeah. What and about well, you, right? I mean, I, I think like all of us, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for Bobby Kennedy's speeches and things like that. So the fact that they were wrapping in primary sources with the new story that they were trying to tell or stories, um, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it and I appreciate you reaching out to us cause I wouldn't have seen it. Otherwise I hadn't heard of it. And I, I think that's so interesting what you were saying that there's not a lot of reviews out there of this movie and that neither of us, uh, Kevin or I had heard of it with just the staff or not the staff, uh, the, the star power in it. But um, I mean, I guess just to round out, um, I guess we'll be back on the podcast when they make the, uh, the spinoff with the two stoners. <laughs> How about that? Oh,
0: I've got plenty of films. So you, I mean, the 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 other one to do is like a companion piece to this, is a Parkland. Did you ever see that film?
2: No, is that about the Parkland
0: Hospital? Yeah, it's so it's very similar to this in that it follows. Now stick with me when I say Zac Efron, but he is unbelievable in it. Like he plays the junior doctor who ended up. Look, well, creating...
1: Zac Efron changed my mind in the in the Bundy movie. I got to be oh, yeah. honest, I thought that was the perfect casting. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I'm not gonna better. Like I'm not going to throw my hands up and say, "Oh, Zac Efron." He's even better in Parkland. He's like he's okay. unbelievable. So it's basically
0: set. It follows the a little bit, and it follows like a couple of the uh, a couple of the Secret Service guys. But it's very much like this film. Mm. It goes from different perspectives, and then you kind of you don't see the assassination, and then until they rush him into the hospital, and then it looks at because of a lot of things that went on, mainly because of emotions like the Secret Service saying no, we're taking his body back, even though. You know, Texas, Dallas was like, no, it's a, like a crime that's happened in our state, blah, 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 blah. He has to stay here. Yeah. So a lot, and you see where a lot of kind of the conspiracy stuff comes on, but it's not a conspiracy film. Uh, you've got the brilliant, ever underrated Paul Giamatti plays Zapruder, um, oh, who took wow. the famous footage. You've got yeah. him in it. You've got... Oh, I can never remember his name. He played the oldest brother. I know this is really weird, but it's where I know him from in my head. He plays the oldest brother in the *Cheaper by the Dozen* film with, uh, yeah, yeah he's in that the two thousand and three one.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, remember I can't remember.
0: What he's, you'll know his face, and you'll be like, "Really? That's where you know him from." Um, was <laughs> he in? Was he in *Supernatural*? No, I always get him anyway. Um, but that so, and it all culminates like at the end, and it's very much like this film. So Parkland. If you haven't seen that, I'll just continue to give you like anything to do with presidents. I'll add this, it to the list. This. I mean,
1: you, you had me apologize. Paul Giamatti. I mean, you didn't really need to say anything else, but uh, the rest of it, I mean, <laughs> hell yeah, man, that sounds good. Yeah. It's, it's very
0: good. It's very like this. It's, it's, uh, I remember it being like a lot better than this, like not saying this is bad, but that whenever I rewatched this, I was a bit like, Oh, that was a little bit, it was a little disappointing on the second watch. Cause I hadn't seen it for a long time. Um, but I did, I did enjoy it. I don't think it's a perfect one by any, by any means. And if it was about somebody fictional, would it have the same impact? Probably not. But okay.
2: yeah, I thought that I, I even thought, and I think I don't know if you said it, but I thought the speeches and the interactions that they actually had, like live footage of and showed, were some of the best scenes. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Saying something, I thought those were really good.
1: Yeah, it was yeah, that very. Part, that part where... No, go on. Sorry, yeah, I was just saying like that part where um rfk dissects the anatomy of how people are taught to hate each other and and how terrible that is it, it, it didn't even sound preachy in any way um that was really good um it's just it's it's interesting and I, it's it's awesome to talk to somebody who comes from the uk because the kennedys are pretty much our royal family when you when you think about it and, and i know that we were talking about a film about rfk's assassination and you were just talking about a film about jfk's assassination but there's just a whole slew of books and movies and comparisons to Camelot and King Arthur's court. We even saw that in Bobby, the the film we're talking about. So it's 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 always interesting when Americans kind of poke fun at the Brits for the royal the royal family, but then turn around and we have we have the Kennedys and what 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 else are they but yeah. royal family without the royalty? Because after uh, the American Revolution, you know that's kind of a word that we don't like to use when it comes to leaders it's funny you talk about
0: the perspective of the kennedys because they are seen as probably not as fable as over there like i don't know is it because we're a bit more pessimistic i don't know but it's more about you know with jfk about possibly if he'd have survived would he have been impeached for the affairs he had that i mean i Mm -hmm. saw the red dwarf episode where that happens Mm -hmm. but kind of thing, but it's... it's There's interesting kind of ways you could look at it, but you do wonder, like we were saying about Bobby Kennedy, you do wonder, because they were kind of cut down before their time, does that kind of not absolve them from criticism? Because how often when you're having a conversation about JFK, does anybody mention the disaster of the Bear Pigs? Or that whole debacle? Like, nobody ever, nobody ever goes, oh, well, yeah. I mean, he wasn't perfect. So... Point. Yeah, but it no, I mean it's that's part of the reason I love, I love doing this because I think I get to talk to people who might have like a totally different perspective, whether they're American or Canadian or German as I'm talking to you tomorrow, so that should be cool. Um you talk to people from all over the, Australia's a bit of a nightmare with the time difference. America you can get away with but but uh Australia is, is like you gotta get up early for that one. But no, it's um yeah, I keep going to say something and it keeps going out of my head, but it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll probably remember it later and be like, Ugh. but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, is there anything else you guys had like, any notes or anything or? No. I
2: don't think so. You got any more notes there?
1: No, that's everything I I got. That was probably the most star-studded cast I have ever seen in a movie, and I guess it only made sense that it was a movie about our American royalty. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoyed it though overall. So thank thanks for sending that film our way no it's it's fine and it was uh, no not at all it's uh is this
0: your your first podcast or have you done one before
2: nope this is our first one yeah yeah well, the you first could... guest
0: spot yeah oh no i mean like your, your podcast is it the first one you've ever done or have you done one before yes,
2: oh. yes. this is the first time i've ever done
0: yeah. It surprises yeah. me i thought you you sound like you've done one before not that i mean i've only been going like thanks. since i like appreciate yeah. no, it because i was because i was because i was gonna start off and kind of in my introduction and be like oh the, there are only 10 episodes in like published um but I, I wasn't like i was surprised when i went back through i was like where's the rest of it because yeah <laughs> especially my first 10 write-offs um <laughs> absolute write-offs <laughs> yeah didn't didn't guest spot didn't have anybody on didn't never plan to have anybody on just plan to have it maybe talking about whatever but uh yeah uh, would you yeah, guys like um, sorry
1: Oh, sorry. You know, I was just going to say like, uh, I mean, first of all, thank you. I mean, we, uh, we appreciate any compliments and um, because we're definitely very self-critical of how we sound in those early episodes, but we made sure that we had the full first season done. So we've been done talking about Bobby Kennedy since April of last year. Jesus. As far as recording it, because we wanted to have a nice cushion because it really does take time to do the reading, to do the research, to do the writing, then the recording, then the producing, then the editing. I mean, I'm sure, you know so yeah we definitely wanted to give ourselves a head start with that but it also yeah. gave us some leeway to kind of play around with the episodes to make sure that they sounded as as good as possible for our low budget operation if yeah try no budget with me would you uh,
0: would you guys like to like tell the audience who, who you are what episode you've got and what you've got coming up because yeah the shameless plug part of the episode i call it
1: yeah sure so we are the almost president's podcast um if you want to send us a message on Gmail. Our Gmail is the almost president's podcast at gmail.com. You can follow our Instagram at POTUS pod and then, or uh, Twitter um, and then Instagram, the almost president's podcast. And pretty much what we do is we take a look at history through the lens of the loser is kind of our catchphrase. So we look at the men and women who ran for the presidency of the United States and almost won, but still created a lasting impact on society. And We have a lot of fun while we're doing it, so we are almost done, actually, with our Bobby Kennedy series. Uh, We're going to be coming out with our two-part finale in March, and then we're going to be moving on uh, to our second season, so we're really excited about that. We already got a couple of those episodes recorded. Um, Did you have anything to?
2: Uh, out of what we do? No, Um, I mean, that that basically sums it up. Our most recent episodes, we uh, did a just sort of deep dive into Vietnam as it pertains to bobby kennedy's campaign because obviously that's a major campaign issue you can even tell that from the film if you watched it um and then we also uh, on occasion do uh just sort of more i guess laid back fun episodes we just did a holiday episode where we just kind of like shot the shit i think we uh we staffed a santa claus presidential administration which was fun so yeah we do, we do kind of more laid back fun stuff like that <laughs> we bickered so much for
1: that <laughs> it was literally yeah. about christmas characters being in a yeah of, don't the presidents or administration so we do
2: fun we do sort of fun stuff too um so yeah I just
1: and and then we we kept up with the midterms and just keep an eye on us for 2024 as well we'll be electing a new president and uh we'll be yeah. taking a look at some of those candidates too because we'll have a whole field of modern almost presidents to play with so that's that's pretty much what we do
0: yeah and i've got to say if i listened to most because i didn't have enough time because i'd finished the film i listened to most of your uh, most recent episode and i will say this and this i I don't say things to be nice i'm being honest um that sounded like i was gonna be really negative didn't it no all i meant by that was i listened to it and even like i know a little bit but i don't know that much it's particularly i know about vietnam but not particularly about robert kennedy so the podcast does a really good job or the guys do a really good job of like talking you through it like they're not insulting you but they make it quite accessible. Is probably the right word. So go give that a listen. I'll go right back to the start. I can't wait for them to tackle Al Gore, but that might be a few years on. Might take a couple of years to get to that. Bet that one's oh, going to be great. It's coming. Uh, yeah, oh that one. God, you'll be there for eight hundred parts of that one.
2: Yeah, but yeah. it'll
1: be an inconvenient season. <laughs> oh nice.
0: Yeah, the the last episode, the Supreme Court judgment. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that should be pretty good. I have got one question for you that. I would want to know, as someone who, who listens to your podcast or would going forward, what's your, like, uh, release? Is it, like, every month or, like, is it is it a particular day or... So is it, like, I don't know, the second Monday of every month or... Because I did wonder, because you, you started a while ago for the amount of episodes that you've got, if that makes sense. Oh, which I can understand because you script them. But what's, like, your
1: schedule? That's all I meant by that.
2: So we, we release monthly, and I think we do the
1: first Monday of every month. That's what we Yeah, first do. weekday of every month is yeah. when we put out a new episode. We started out with a three-episode burst just to give people a, t- a sense of what we do. We're working to get to a two-times-a-month release schedule. Um, hopefully that's coming down the pike when we get to our second season. But yeah, currently it's once a month um, with you know relevant bonus episodes if there's things going on in politics like we talked about. Brazil, we should probably talk about Brazil again. But oh, yeah yeah. The podcast, but, yeah, yeah. Podcast. Um, yeah. You know, we'll put out bonus episodes about relevant political uh, occurrences, but our flagship program about an almost president as of now. Yes. Once a month.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting. It's difficult to find a unique idea in podcast land because they also do have been taken. A few times yeah. I've gone, Oh, I'll try that and then it's like, oh no, someone's done it. Nope. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, not that one. Not that one. So you kinda just gotta find your own niche. But it's a good niche to have and uh, yeah, yeah, I think it I think it'll be great to listen to. But uh no thanks you thanks to you guys for coming on. Um I've I've enjoyed the chat. Um I'd like We had a good too, time, really time. Great time. Once I'm on history you, you can't show me up. But uh no <laughs> but thanks uh thanks to anyone for listening. Um, I appreciate it and thank you to the guys for coming on they will no doubt return if not for Parkland for something else I'll no doubt have an idea or they'll have an idea um, but yeah that, that's it so cheers guys
2: yeah see right. ya take have care you Sean
0: on. see ya there hi
1: I'm Ryan
2: and I'm Kevin And we're the hosts of the new podcast, The Almost Presidents Podcast.
1: Join us as we take you on a trip through American history that you've never experienced before. They say that history is written by the victors,
2: and that may be true, but not on this podcast.
1: That's right. So tune in each month to The Almost Presidents Podcast, where we talk about history as written by the loser, or in this case, the losers, in presidential elections throughout U.S. history.
2: Join us for the first season of The Almost Presidents Podcast, where we talk about one of the most famous almost presidents, Bobby Kennedy.
1: That's the Almost Presidents podcast. Listen each month, wherever you get your podcasts.